Ong Lokpak Yeltsin sat crouched at his favorite spot, a bend in the path that looked down over the valley where he had been born. The Kali Gandaki Valley lay in the western section of the Annapurna district, just 1,000 meters above sea level, which meant that it was all but cut off by the mountain valley walls that rose up to 7,000 meters on either side. The spot where he sat was marked by a cluster of little brightly colored prayer flags and a small pile of smooth round stones in which the mantra Om Mani Padme had been carved. Ong Lakpak Yeltsin had set down his half-finished bowl of food just to enjoy the view. It was a good spot, for one thing because of the vista, but also because nobody could see him from the monastery above and complained to the abbot. Every morning when he had finished going round to get his bowl filled with food by the villagers, he stopped here to do something that was perfectly normal for a fifteen-year-old boy, even if he was a Buddhist monk. Fantasize about a girl. Her name was Dawa Zangmo, and from his lookout point he could see the rooftops of the village where she was going about her daily chores. Six months ago he had secretly kissed her, on the very day of his initiation ceremony, when he was dressed like Prince Gautama Buddha and led to the pagoda to have his head shaved. Ever since then, each day he had spent as a monk had been harder for him. Every night, as he listened to the barking of the mastiffs, who were supposed to keep evil spirits at bay, he imagined what it would be like to hold her hand. Dawa Zangmo. As usual, among the Sherpa community, part of her name was the day of the week on which she was born, Monday. Her name meant moon and wisdom. It suited her. She was as beautiful as a shining full moon and as wise as an abbot. Lakpak Yeltsin thought they were well suited, not least because of their names. His own name meant smooth tongue and courage, the two things that mattered most in a great man. Although the abbot tried to teach the young monks the virtues of community and modesty, Lakpa dreamt every day of becoming a great man among his people, a teacher or doctor at the very least, of leaving the valley with Dawazangmo and moving into a proper apartment in Kathmandu. Obviously, they would have children together, but right now Lakpak Yeltsin wasn't particularly interested in children. He was a lot more interested in seeing Dawa Zangmo naked, in touching her skin, and in making sure she didn't forget him while he was tucked away in the monastery. He had to find a present for her, something special that would reflect not only her beauty but also her intelligence. And he knew what would do the trick. Eliantopodium Himalavanum, the Idolvice of the Himalayas, Dawa Zangmo's favorite flower. It began to come into bloom around now, in July, and Lakpak Yeltsin knew a meadow where the flower grew. The only problem was that the meadow was a good 3,000 meters further up the mountain, and he would really catch it from the abbot when he got back to the monastery in the evening. Lakpak Yeltsin chewed his bottom lip, wondering what to do. In the end, he decided he would simply take what was coming to him and give the abbot some story about going up the mountain to meditate. With his mind made up, Lakpak Yeltsin finished off the remainder of what was left in his food bowl to gather all the strength he could for the strenuous task ahead, then set it carefully down by the side of the path, where it was found two days later. With just a pair of rubber soles beneath his naked feet and wearing nothing more than a pullover to protect him from the cold, Lakpak Yeltsin began the ascent, along an old winding pathway that rose steeply following the curvature of the mountain. Although it was summer, the weather up here was cool, but Lakpak Yeltsin strode bravely on, his imagination fired by what Dawa Zangbo would say when he handed her the flower. Maybe she would let him kiss her again. That thought alone was enough to give him courage. 
Two hours later, he saw the old abandoned monastery up ahead clinging to the rock like a bird's nest. Lapa Gyaltsen steered well clear of the cursed monastery, which people down in the valley told terrible tales about, and which in any case now belonged to an American mining corporation. Down below, they said it was inhabited by the terrible Bitsan demons, who guarded a fearsome book stolen from the gods at the beginning of time itself. The chief of the demons was the mighty Dimu, who rode on the great bird Kyung, which had the head of a bull. These were all gods from the past, old legends from the days before Buddhism, pagan cults, the abbot had called them, and the abbot was always right. Lakpa Gyaltsen didn't believe in demons, but that didn't mean it wasn't best to be careful. You could never be too sure. As he reached the first grassy slopes that led to the mountain meadow where the Himalayan Edelweiss grew, Lakpa Gyaltsen noticed something on the mountain face that attracted his attention, a little opening, a cave. He had been up here several times before and never noticed a cave before. He thought for a moment and then decided to go and take a look inside.